to episode number nine, Building Optimal Radio. I'm Jared Gossett, and I want to stick with this theme of accounting and finance for at least one more episode. We're going to be talking to Karen Woodman, who started 24-Hour Bookkeeper, which is a company that has blown up in recent years. Their specialty is relevant to us. It's construction. So they're not your garden variety bookkeeper. And Karen knows a thing or two about the nuances of construction bookkeeping. She started 24-Hour Bookkeeper in 2010. They offer bookkeeping, payroll, QuickBooks training and integration. She's built a team that strives to help businesses create efficient systems and simplified workflows using QuickBooks Online, also third-party applications. And along the way, she's won just an entire slew of awards, including the 2016 Intuit Firm of the Future Global Winner. She's definitely innovative. She's passionate about entrepreneurship. She loves the world of business, and she's on a mission to guide businesses to financial clarity. And fair warning, as my ADD mind tends to do, as I was visiting with Karen before the interview, I learned a few things about some of her unique methods of thinking, which really piqued my interest, some of her systems thinking that she employs in her businesses, some of her innovative cultural ideas. So at the end of the interview, I took the opportunity to go completely off topic to the other rail and talk to her about some of those things. But I learned a lot. I think that you will as well. One last thing, if you have topic requests, send us a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. You can also drop us a line on our website, buildingoptimal.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use. This way you can stay up to date on new episodes. Enjoy the interview. So, Karen, most of us builders and remodelers don't have a background in accounting or bookkeeping. It's a complete foreign language to us. So, if the goal is to implement an effective accounting system that's actually useful to our business, one that actually helps us make more informed decisions, where do we start? Well, I'm going to say that it's not going to be just one. It's probably going to be two or my recommendation, it should be two softwares. So I would definitely start with QuickBooks online as a place to get your company itself set up to track your financials. And then we would maybe consider or look into a third party project management software that would be the other piece for the builders and remodelers. Okay, so digging into that for a second, you say QuickBooks online. Is there a reason why you recommend online over desktop? Absolutely. So we get a lot of calls with people saying, hey, that QuickBooks Online does not work. And on top of that, my CPA or accountant told me that it would not work because I have a construction business. And what I would say to you is it does work. So QuickBooks Desktop has job-related costing reports. That's the difference. Otherwise, QuickBooks in general is supposed to be strictly your financial software. So if you go to QuickBooks Online, you're going to completely change the mindset to realize that QuickBooks, again, is just a financial piece and it becomes a platform. So with that platform, it integrates with other third-party software and those softwares move information into QuickBooks. So it allows you a bigger suite of, you know, a functionality that's related to your business. And then on top of that, the financial piece talks to the QuickBooks side. If you use QuickBooks online by itself, depending on the level of construction that you do, 
or let's say if you build one house a year, you might be able to use QuickBooks Online by itself, but we try to identify the pieces that are important to you. Are you looking for job profitability percentages or a particular dollar amount, or is there some functionality you're looking for? So QuickBooks Desktop ties you to the computer. You have to back it up. You might not be able to have uh, multiple users working at the same time. I think we've moved into an age of convenience and flexibility, and QuickBooks Online does that. So QuickBooks Online, you can have more than five people working at the same time. You never have to back it up. You don't have to download any updates, and you can literally access your company financials anywhere there's an internet connection. Some people will tell me, hey, QuickBooks Online has a monthly subscription, whereas in desktop, I just pay one fee and it's good for three years. Yeah, absolutely correct. However, for 50 bucks a month, which is their highest package, which you can always get discounts anyways, what is that worth to you in time savings? If you can automate or streamline the majority of that process, which QuickBooks Online has a lot of those tools, it's kind of a no-brainer. And then you add a construction project management software on top of that where your guys can be on the job site, punch in, punch out, goes right to your job budget and allows you to do your job costing in real time. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense to me. (laughs) So are you saying on the QuickBooks Online, I've always heard that the main critique of it is the lack of job costing functions and capabilities. So do you have workarounds within QuickBooks to job cost? Or is that why you recommend the third-party construction management software? I recommend the third-party software because you would typically get those reports in that software because it gives you more detail than QuickBooks would. However, you can do some job costing on a very simple basis in QuickBooks. And then also on top of that, depending on the third-party software that you go with, some of them will, I don't want to say dump information, but it moves information into QuickBooks in different pieces. So you could get job-related reports in QuickBooks depending on the app that you choose. Do you know offhand which apps integrate with QuickBooks to do that? Oh my God, so many. So we here typically work with Builder Trend, Co-Construct, Red Team Software, SimPro. If you want to find out what construction apps integrate with QuickBooks, if I could just throw that out there, you could go to the apps.com. It's apps.com. That is a Intuit, who is the company that owns QuickBooks. That's a website where these are applications or third-party software that have actually gone through Intuit security measures. So a lot of people say, hey, my information is online. They make sure if, if they're on that app store website, that means that the data moves from software and it's, it's encrypted, so it's safe. So you can start there. You can also just go to Google and just type in construction software, QuickBooks or, or something like that. And you will find other software that could integrate, just maybe didn't go through the Intuit security measures for the data. Got it. Okay. So we get our QuickBooks online set up. We get our third-party construction management software set up. So that's our base. That's the foundation. What about from there? How do you recommend your small volume builder and remodeler clients that they work? Is it more efficient to work off a purchase order system or just off of a straight invoicing system? What do you prefer? What I usually tell people is, hey, don't be overwhelmed with some of the functionality or the processes. At the end of the day, we want to do what works best for you. So take a moment and identify what you do in real life. So most of these builders would work with a subcontractor, which means you've done an estimate, 
you've either gotten a bid or you've estimated, and now you're ready to move forward because you got the job. If you had the opportunity to be proactive in telling that sub, because a purchase order is basically saying, I promise to pay you for this, you would be able to do those in advance, do your five or 10 subs and say, I got this job. This is my promise to pay. So let's say, I'll just use an example of why you would use a purchase order in general, which is mostly for subcontractors. But let's say I have a plumbing bid and it was $25,000. If I'm using a purchase order and I got a, a bill or an invoice, in this case is the terminology used, I got an invoice from my plumbing subcontractor and he billed me twenty six grand. because I entered a purchase order, I would now know that I'm $1,000 over red flag, maybe I was supposed to do a change order to get that extra thousand bucks or 1500 from my customer, let's just say. It's just a way of, of communicating with them in advance and managing that piece. You would not use a purchase order if you're going to Lowe's or Home Depot because there's no reason to take all those extra steps. You literally have you know, created the transaction. You just need to record it and move it forward. I hope that answers the question. That does. That's exactly the way we work and the way that the builders that I know who use purchase orders work, work similarly. I just, I, I have a few builder friends who just work straight off of, straight off of invoices, but kind of to the example you just gave, I like purchase orders as a safety net to capture when something may be off, such as that increase in the plumbing invoice that you referenced. And in some of these third-party software, using purchase orders, there's actually communication tools. So now if you wanted to possibly eliminate the whole paper process, something like Builder Trend, you can actually send them that electronically if you've connected them as a user. And then they can sign it electronically and then they can request money against that purchase order electronically. And now you've gotten more streamlined with the use of technology. QuickBooks is great for looking at historical data, and we're talking about how to build a a good system for historical data and for looking back, looking in the rearview mirror. But it's also critically important to be looking forward and cash flow forecasting. Any suggestions on what to use for better cash flow forecasting? Yeah, so QuickBooks has a cash flow report. Personally, I don't think it's great. Um, I don't use it myself. There's a lot of third-party software that integrate with QuickBooks that would actually give you some more forecasting. QuickBooks itself can't play with the margins. It can't give you some of that extra data. So if you go to the App Store, you can type in forecasting and there is a number of apps that would give you some of that. And in addition to it, a lot of these apps will give you benchmarking. So they will allow you to compare where your numbers could be for people that are in your same industry. That's an extra kind of bonus tool that you'll see in a lot of that. I could see how that could actually be really helpful. I had no idea because we don't use that. I'm debating whether to start incorporating one. And I think the evidence points to doing so. But I did not know that those benchmarks were available in those programs. That alone is a huge value add. And the other thing is sometimes it's hard for people to be strategic forward because their financials are not updated in their current file. So remember, with QuickBooks, it's only as good as the information you put in there. So I would definitely recommend that before you start looking at the forward, make sure your current financials are up to date. On that note, how often do you recommend your clients reconcile their books? Every single month. That is the most important function that you could do as a company, because that is where you're going to find errors. For example, I went ahead and I paid a sub 
from, you know, I wrote them a check. And then that sub, we changed something or the check got lost in the mail. And I had to reissue that, but I forgot to void that other check. When you reconcile, you will notice that that other check is still sitting there and should cause you to say, oh, shoot, that's affecting my register balance. I need to delete that or void it kind of thing. So if you don't reconcile, you'd never catch it. And then sometimes, depending on how you run your financials, let's say a customer, you um, invoice them and you invoice them for $500 and then again for $1,000, but you had a deposit that you just recorded for $1,500. Now you have duplicated your income because you have it in two different places. So if you've recorded the payment and then you see the deposit and those are two different things, you would catch that at reconciliation. It's the most important thing you can do. That makes sense. I think some people have this false sense of security with QuickBooks, the way that it automatically downloads transactions and helps match. I think that that gives people a false sense of security and causes some people to lessen their belief in maybe the frequency or the need to reconcile at the end of each month. Yeah. And if I can add to the best feature, okay, that's to me sells QuickBooks online all day long. However, the bank doesn't always know and cannot manage the things that might be important. For example, if you purchase some goods at the lumberyard and you return some items and so they were supposed to charge your card back, let's just say, and that was done just that afternoon. If you don't put that credit back into your QuickBooks and it never hits that bank feed, you would never know that it never came to you. So trusting the bank feed or the bank by itself is just not enough. You have to really treat it as a double checker. And on credit card transactions, it makes the process a lot faster to enter the information because you might not enter every single credit card charge in advance, but you, you know, have an easier way to put it in there. So we just have to be real careful with that. Let's talk about construction draws for a second. My company works off prearranged draw milestones with our clients, which keeps things clean and organized, but it still has some inherent flaws when it comes to timing of the cash flows. Do you have any recommendations for how builders should approach their construction draws? I don't know that it's the approach with the draws because that's just the nature of the beast when it comes to how you do the draws. I think if you are able to have a set of financials and maintain those ongoing, you would be able to see patterns in your financials. And therefore, when you get paid, so if I'm asking for a draw for $10,000 and I know I have a couple subs to pay and that would equal $5,000. First of all, I probably wouldn't pay those subs unless I have lots of money in my bank account. I likely wouldn't pay those subs until I receive that draw money. So that would be one basic process that I would say is more typical. Recognize that when you have those draws, a lot of people like to separate the draws by job and say, okay, I got paid 10,000. This is only for this job. But you end up kind of borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. And so it's hard to do that. So if you are aware of your financials and you incorporated a work, a financial workflow to say, okay, I pay my subs every Friday. And if I've received money, I will pay those subs that Friday. There's a whole different approach when it comes to cash flow. Sometimes people pay bills the minute they come through the door rather than saying, no, I'm going to pay this every other week or 15th and last day, or I wait for payment before I process forward. There's just some more internal processes that should really be put in place. To be on a draw schedule is great, right? Because you've got money coming in on a particular schedule that you are being really proactive about. It's just on the back end to make sure you're managing your financials so that you don't fall behind. 
And that's the name of the game is to obviously minimize the time that you are in a negative cycle on the cash flow to where you've paid for something and you're still waiting on payment, which we've talked about in the past, getting deposits from clients up front to help alleviate that and to minimize any sort of effects to where you're the bank in the transaction. That's something that happens to a lot of builders and and that's an unnecessary burden to put on yourself. And recognize, too, that maybe your busy time is in the summer and not in the winter. So how can you be proactive about affecting your cash flow for that slow time? You know, get a savings account, maybe on a basic side, throw a hundred bucks, thousand bucks. If you got a little extra, like just kind of tuck money away. It's not always easy to do that, but there's so much power in being proactive and recognizing, you know, what's happening or going to be happening. So sometimes it's little things like that that can make a big difference. Sticking with this draw discussion, you know, it's easy for builders to get ahead or behind on draws. And as we're talking about, there are risks to each. If you get behind, obviously you'll have cash flow issues. And then if you get too far ahead, you have more opportunity to make more mistakes using cash that should be earmarked for a project's expenses and construction costs, et cetera. So for that reason, I believe in matching your expenses and your draws, but it's easier said than done. What methods do you use to ensure that draws and expenses are always properly matched and to make sure that the job remains properly funded? I guess I'll just use my everyday experience. If you're in a third-party construction project management application, you would be able to manage because you would see on your budget the invoices that have come through for that job. So when you've received that, you would be able to manage what goes out for payment at that time. So it's really job-specific rather than the overall bucket. So if you're in QuickBooks and you see all of your expenses, it's going to possibly be hard to know which ones are for which job because you might be using the same subs for multiple jobs. So it's just having the detail of information and then saying, okay, I've gotten paid on this draw and I have three subs right now that are waiting to be paid on this. Now I'm going to go ahead and push them through to get paid because we've you know gotten paid. There's, it's, again, it's in the workflow. Speaking of this construction management software, this is a little bit of a selfish question because I'm, again, as I mentioned earlier, I'm thinking about uh, incorporated it into our business. I have not yet. I think the big ones, I know there's a handful of them out there, but I think the big ones that are so often referenced are Builder Trend and Co-Construct. From your accountants and bookkeeping perspective, do they both work well for you on your end? Yep. So you might want to look at certain tools depending on what kind of construction you do. So they both, like I'll just use Builder Trend and Co-Construct, they both have a customer portal. Great tool. They both talk to QuickBooks. Perfect. However, the way they talk to QuickBooks are two different things, which again, finding somebody to help create that workflow for you is going to be the difference. But they are extremely comparable. And I think even price-wise, they're comparable. The idea is that it's on the internet and they have items like the time clock. If you do, say, general construction versus home building, or if you do remodeling versus design builds, you might want to take a look at some of these applications and find out if the flexibility is there. Let's say you do sub work in addition to residential work. Maybe you need to produce an AIA form for your GC. Well, something like Noify produces those AIA forms automatically. Or maybe you have a more ticketing type of system where you could produce kind of a ticket and it goes to your guy out in the field and say, hey, you're going to go to this job next. It really just depends what you're looking for. And then I always recommend, say, call them, get a demo, 
take a look what the features are, and then make a decision from there. I haven't heard of this before. You said Noify? It's K-N-O-W-I-F-Y. Okay. And they're for subcontractors. And they also do home builders, they say, but there's no customer portal, which is something that Builder Trend and Co-Construct have, which is probably one of the best features. All right, we'll link to that. Switching gears just a little bit, we've got a fiduciary responsibility, at least in my opinion, to our, our clients when they're entrusting us with these projects and huge contracts. And there's this balance between a few different options with managing their funds. I have heard a few people say that you should set up a checking account for every single project separately and fund that separately. The customer deposit would come in and all draws go into that checking account. And then you would pull like your general conditions and your fees and all that into your general operating account, leaving the rest of the money for construction costs. Not to belabor the point, but I mean, I think there's some real challenges like logistical challenges that come for a builder with that. But again, on the spectrum, that might be the safest, best way to do it. And then on the other spectrum, it's just the simplicity of having one operating checking account, but keeping good systems and measures and controls in place to make sure that monies are always properly earmarked and retained for construction costs. Do you have a strong opinion on how a builder should be operating? Yeah, so you threw the word fiduciary out there. And so I will just, full disclosure, say I don't know what the fiduciary responsibility is with those funds. I don't believe that the, a lot of the experience I have with builders, the only reason I see that is most people would do it to separate and have a good way to keep track of this money versus that money on that project versus that one. My personal opinion is that's too much work. (laughs) It's way too hard to maintain that many accounts because I suppose if it's very black and white, I asked you for 10 grand, I need to spend eight, I'm going to take the other two and I'm going to move it to my operating account. Sure. But what happens if you have a cash flow issue and now you're having to pull from that account to pay your payroll and then you're having to use that other account to pay for that other jobs permits? It starts to get a little bit messy, possibly. Because you need the money, whether you need the money. And on top of that, when it comes to the financial recording, since people in this industry, bookkeeping is really not their most favorite part of their business. um, It's a lot more to reconcile and to keep track of. So my personal opinion is one operating account, and then you put systems in place like third party software that's project related to manage all of that. And then have one operating. I believe also in having like a savings account to move money, you know, for rainy day. But and again, I I don't know what the fiduciary responsibility is. But to me, there's no reason to separate that. Some clients, if they use like a cost plus approach, they might say, hey, my relationship with them is I just ask them for money and they have access to the bank account. And then therefore they can see all the money coming in and out. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, if you could easily give them a report of where that money is going, and that would probably satisfy equally. Well, I think it's one of those things that sometimes practice and theory don't always match up. And this might be one of those case studies that illuminates that. I mean, I think in theory, all else equal, yeah, that's probably the best way would be to have separate checking account for every project. That would probably be hard to argue against. But when you start thinking of some of the frictions and the administrative headaches and challenges that come with it, it's not necessarily the most practical. We personally don't do it. I've explored it a lot. But like what you said, I mean, 
if there ever is a cash flow challenge or funding issue with that project and it's fixed price and, and we've got to go over and fund something, then you're moving money to that account to float costs. Or even if there's just a cash flow timing issue, there could be a lot of money that would have to be moving back and forth and a huge administrative headache with it. So, Karen, those were my main questions that I wanted to hit on on the bookkeeping. But as I mentioned to you in our conversation before the interview, there's some real fascinating elements and aspects to your life and the way you think and the way you've built your business. So what I'd like to do is is change direction for a few minutes. I think the listeners might enjoy hearing your story and about some of your businesses. So I'd like to talk about those actually for a second, because it's pretty inspirational, at least to me. Thank you. So let's start with, obviously, you're the owner of 24-Hour Bookkeeper, and you have been able to scale that business. So can you just kind of tell us a little bit of your story with that, like how long you've been in business, kind of what your journey was building that business? Sure. This business has been around for approximately eight and a half years. I actually worked in construction. I worked in, uh, we did commercial storefronts in glass. And I um, started there and it was like, hey, there's a computer there. There was a new owner, never turned it on, don't know what's in it, go. (laughs) And I was able to kind of create the whole system. I had research, I came across QuickBooks and, and that's really where that started. Fast forward five years, I was doing estimating, shop drawings, I was on sites. I was literally wearing many hats. Well, then I had, I got pregnant, had my first child and it just didn't work out. I wanted to work less hours. And so I left that. And because I had a reputation in my community to kind of know financially what I was doing, I was able to start my bookkeeping business. So I did that for about four years, just part time on the side. And then I got a little bit busy and then I just made the mental decision that I was going to just go for it. So I hired an employee, rented a space. That was about four and a half years ago. I think that's really when it really started. So we worked servicing different industries. And the last few years, we fell into doing more of the construction side. And now we mostly only service construction clients. So we have been able to speak the language that right now solves a major issue. So we understand accounting. We understand construction. We understand QuickBooks. And we understand third-party integration. So we have been able to help people get, you know, online, be streamlined and all about working smarter, not harder. So we have grown our team. And because we love technology, which sometimes in construction can be a swear word, (laughs) we have been able to train clients right from our office in northern Minnesota. And we train clients all over the nation. And we help them literally build their financial systems all the way from estimating to project management over to bookkeeping. We can bring your financials up to date. We can help integrate software and then we can actually be your bookkeeping service ongoing. We do everything but year-end corporate returns. And we also do payroll. So we've been able to create cost codes and really allow people to simplify their entire process. We're big on the glass being half full rather than half empty. We don't give you 10 reasons why it won't work. We give you the one reason why it will. And it does work. You just have to be willing. So we've grown our staff. We have part of our staff comes into the office and part of them work from home. Like any other business, I have a lot of the same struggles. I know about two years ago, I wanted my staff to be able to work from home and I just wasn't quite sure how to do that. And I just believe that you could still be in an office for eight hours and it doesn't mean you're productive. So we do everything on outcomes, whether it's working with the client. We don't charge by the hour. We basically sell them an outcome and our employees 
also are expected to meet their, you know, outcomes or expectations that we set for them. So if they want to work at 10 o'clock in the morning or work at 11 o'clock at night, as long as they're meeting their deadlines and uh, their expected projects, then, you know, we're good. So I'm hoping that they would have that happy work-life balance, like I was telling Jared, I think is Uh, you know, imaginary, (laughs) but it's a great workflow. And we have a a team that focuses on solving problems. I mean, that's what we do. And I mean, it works great so far anyways. Sounds like you guys have created a real performance-based culture there, which is easier said than done. Everybody talks about it and wants to have that, but I think you actually succeed in creating it and it's evident that you guys have. So hats off to you on that and really for everything that you've been able to accomplish with that. I'll just point out listening to what you're saying that we talk a lot about building a unique value proposition, something that truly sets you apart from your competitors and and two things that stood out to me when you're talking about your story. One, you guys offer a full suite of services to the construction industry, which is really nice to have that one-stop shop where all of the different components and functions, estimating, purchasing, accounting, they're all so closely integrated. And it is a complex business. I don't think anybody who knows it would say that it's not. So we already have enough inherent challenges to have somebody on, on your team who can understand the full suite is a huge advantage. So I think that's great that you guys are doing that. The other thing is just simply focusing on the construction industry. It's a different accounting animal than a lot of other industries. And what I've found is that the garden variety CPA or bookkeeper may be able to address the challenges of a lot of different industries, but without a true expertise and niche in construction for our line of business, you're going to be underserved to say the least. I've learned that the hard way over the years. I think something that also sets us apart is we're not afraid to say, you know what, your system is broken and it's okay. And we're not here to judge you. We're just here to move it forward. We want them to be successful. We want them to to change the focus from who wants to do data entry all day long. We definitely don't. And we're in accounting. And I believe that a lot of the times, depending what kind of business you're in, it doesn't really matter. People think it has to be complicated and it actually doesn't. And we really take the time to say, What are you doing in real life? Because change is hard for most people. And we recognize that it's baby steps. So you don't have to change everything you're doing. Let's just kind of add to it and let's make it better, more efficient and simplified. And it's kind of like to take the time to figure out really what their true needs are and then solving that. We don't want to be just some random outsourced service. We really want to be part of your team. If you have an issue because there's a payable or you have a sub that changes address and you need to, you know, check on this. Like, that's what we are, just as if we were in-house. And I don't think a lot of people get that, unfortunately. You know, we're not a good fit for everybody, but most of the time we have set up processes. So as a business, as a construction business, if you can create processes, you'll realize that it's a lot easy to move forward. That's what we've been able to do in our business, where a lot of times people say, you know, it's really hard to find good help. And I have learned that it's not about controlling the people, it's controlling the system. And so if you put a system in place, you want your project manager to do something, you want your estimator to do something, you want your guys out in the field to do something, let's work on creating the system. And then if they're not following that, that's when you need to have the conversation. It's easy to identify the kinks in the hose throughout the process when you know what the hose looks like. Well, you talking about systems may have just answered my next question, but let me ask it anyway. So I think a lot of us that get into this industry, 
we obviously have the goals and the, and the desire to grow our business and to create perhaps a little bit more of an automated business to where we can live life on our own terms a little bit more and step out perhaps of the day-to-day and some level. I think you have accomplished that with your business and you're now using your time and what you've built with 24-Hour Bookkeeper to allow you to explore some other entrepreneurial avenues that, that we're talking about, which are pretty interesting to me. But what's your advice to other people who are wanting to scale their business? I think on a gigantic level in general, and I just realized that I put everything to experience. So something bad might happen in my daily, you know, moving uh, throughout the day. And I just realized, okay, what happened was uncomfortable or really was upsetting. So let's say something happened with a client and something bad outcome came of it. And of course, those are uncomfortable situations. I tell myself right away, what can I do today? So I don't have to get in this situation again. And that's when you think of processes and putting systems in place to say, okay, what happened here that was bad that I could avoid next time or improve so that I'm not in this spot? That would be, I guess, one of the main things that I always do it. And if you want to scale, definitely putting processes in place because you're only one person. Trust me, if I could get five more hours in a day, I would take it. But would I really be one step ahead? No, I would probably be 10 times more tired, right? I think it's just realizing like, how can you create a system that meets all of the areas which you need to become successful in, and that's how you continue to grow and scale. Well, I'm actually going to use that as a shameless plug for one of our upcoming episodes that I'm planning to do. But you talk about systems and processes. I think that is a critical component to scaling a business. And one of my favorite resources to create a system to do that I was introduced probably five or six years ago to an author named Vern Harnish, who wrote a book called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. That book has really garnered a cult following of some top business executives, and he's since rebranded that book with a new version called Scaling Up. The best I can tell, it's kind of the Bible for solid business growth and a plan an executable plan to achieve it. So uh, I'm going to do an episode on that in the future. Whether you've read it or not, I can tell that your line of thinking and some of the things you've implemented are some of the same things that they talk about in that book and in that curriculum. Well, and if I could just add to that, you know, I think in general, as a business owner, we didn't sign up to do this and then get all the pieces that comes with just running a business in general. And if you can think of where is your time better spent, is your time better spent trying to get more clients or, you know, verifying the job? If there's tasks in your business that can be delegated, that's definitely one of those things that you can do. So if you think of putting those into place, you're only one person. You have to think on a different level that if I had somebody else do this, what would I want it to look like? And that is the beginning to creating that first process. Great feedback. Karen, where do we find you online? You could go to 24-Hour Bookkeeper. So it's 24HR and then Bookkeeper has two O's, two K's and two E's. Or you can just Google us. Karen, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. 